Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Red Zuck, episode 37, the Corky Miller edition. He was number 37. It just so happens that we have Corky Miller on with us. Corky, how are you this fine evening? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Branch, how are you tonight? Is he drunk? No, he's on a work call. Oh, okay. Oh. Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, it's okay. I am, uh, I'm doing well, Coop. Thanks for asking. I want to give a big shout-out to Ram at Unc Ram, uh, per usual. Corky Ram is one of your biggest fans. Um, sad that he couldn't be yeah, on tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure he's got better stuff to do. Yeah, he, not. <laughs> he's working. Uh, Polly, how are you? Here's the thing, Coop. I'm living a dream, my friend. How oh, doing well, doing well. And Kevin. This is for you, Corky. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. So, uh, Corky, just wanted to get with uh, what is it? that you're doing with the Reds now. I know you're uh, kind of like a roving catching instructor, but what is it exactly that you do for the for the organization? Uh, well, I travel uh, to all our affiliates, um, you know, from Dominican all the way to Louisville, and you know, just uh, work with the catchers in any capacity that uh, I, I see or other coaches and other rovers see that they need work on. Uh, this year was... A year when starting with a kind of a new framing mindset, and so getting a lot of these guys into the framing mindset, and um, you know, teaching them some tricks and teaching them some new things that uh, they probably haven't uh, thought about before. So when you're when you're something like that, how how do you how do you go about starting like a new process? Uh, you know, they're they're already on their process. It just you know bringing that to the attention uh there's you know a lot of ways to to frame there's different size bodies there's different guys with different hands and you know it's just kind of individually based on which which guy can do what and, and how we can make them better you know and most of it's done during spring training um in the first month of the season and then you know the past probably three months it's just been going in and talking about game situations doing a lot of uh game recaps and and looking about how they could have probably called a better game or called a better pitch here and there or done something um something better that i've messed up in my career so <laughs> you know i've always told them if if i've messed it up a hundred times i want them to 50 you know but uh the game you gotta learn a lot from the game and to have another set of eyes and uh, ears there to talk about it is is pretty is pretty guess mandatory for some of these guys. Uh, Paulie, do you have a question? <laughs> uh, going on with that, going send it to uh, affiliate affiliate. My sorry, that's my uh, two dog. Are you wa- are you in constant contact with the catchers currently? Like text messaging, watching video, or is it just city to city as it's current? Uh, you know, I will watch video on guys if they have uh, 
a good game behind the plate. Um, you know, but if they need me, they text me. And if they feel like something happened, they'll give me a text and then I'll computer and watch the game or watch the play and then, you know, call or text them back. But, you know, I don't want to be around and be a crutch for them so much because they need to be able to learn for themselves and, you know, decipher what they're doing right and how, how to fix it. And basically when I go in, we talk about some of the stuff that's been going on and, and just try to improve every time. Burma, you got a question? I mean, yeah, I have a few, but I guess um, my thing is, would you say in the day of the, you know, the modern catcher, obviously baseball is ever evolving, but, you know, right now with the, um, you know, the new onslaught of statistics we have, are you guys looking into, you talked about pitch framing. Um, is there anything else that you guys are really looking at now? Maybe not necessarily from just an organizational standpoint, but from a personal standpoint that you value a lot in a modern catcher? Uh yeah, you know, we, we've turned to framing um, pretty heavily right now with the analytics and J.R. House and the big league club and, and try to model ourselves after them. Um, but I, I'm maybe to a fault asking a lot of questions, you know, and, and to me, the development of these young guys has to be has to be twofold with framing and block growing. Um, and calling a game and being a little clubhouse. So, you know, I'm, I'm numbers and, you know, there's been talk that we were behind in the pitch framing and we were behind in some of the analytics. So a lot of this is for me just trying to, to pass a couple teams, you know, maybe looking at um, a stat called fielding runs above average, which, which uh, kind of tells you how athletic a kid is or, you know, how much defense he puts in the game and the total runs that we can get by his defense. So, you know, we're trying to look to see how we can raise both the framing and the fielding. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff I've seen is that the guys that have really good framing numbers, you know, their fielding rate is pretty low. And I, I want to know why, you know, like, why is that happening? Can't we get some of the guys? frame really good to be better defensive players at time uh yeah i mean obviously that's another way to measure something i don't really care um during games as much as i look at accuracy and i look at you know yeah i just use the eye test but yeah the the, the when i'm not in town and and a guy throws down they will keep track of the pop times and and that but I, I again it's there's a lot of factors that go into a pop time you know is like was a pitch up or was it a bounce or right. was it outside or was it inside don't when i first started that's all i was doing you know like measuring their times measuring their times but you know my philosophy in the way that i when we're practicing you want to be you know in that you know whatever it is whatever you're practice time is you want to be within five tenths of a second of that the whole time just being consistent yeah hey uh, uh this is branch and corky it's really nice of you to come on uh, i was a catcher all the way through high school and then i wasn't good enough to go into college or pro ball and uh when this that pitch framing thing came up um i always kind of thought it was uh bullshit because i had so many umpires tell me hey i can see what you're trying to do and it doesn't work over the yeah. years you know and you know it, it it's 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 something that I'm having a hard time 
really grasping because I spent a lot more time working on my throw to second, working on, you know, a front dig, a right dig, a left dig, being able to take a slider in the dirt, that kind of thing. Right. You know, and being able to get back to my feet in a good position to throw to protect the bases. And, um, but let me say this it sounds like there is actually something to it. But I, I just, I still have such a hard time in my head from being behind the plate since I was seven years old to thinking me moving my glove an inch over, trying to get the ball in the zone makes a difference, you know? Well, yeah, you know, I, I, I valued it when I was a catcher. That, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get paid like these guys get paid now, you know? And if your <laughs> framing numbers were, when my framing were, I'd still be playing. And, and I valued that as far as getting my pitcher through the game. Now, it wasn't as prevalent. It wasn't talked about as much and wasn't as much as it is now. But there are guys, and, and it comes down to, on an average, that the more strikes that you throw in a game, the better chance your team has to win. Yeah. So there's just those other things. Well, if you think maybe you're getting a lot, you know, <laughs> or, you know, it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you could throw half many strikes as the other team, but you, you still win because of the ground balls or whatever you're getting. Yeah. But you know, it is, it is something that is measured and in the big leagues. Now that's what a lot of players are evaluated on. And you know, the, the, the kids now see that and they want to be part of it. So, you know, we've adopted you know, a, a, a real effort to try to get better at it. Yeah, I, I never had a, you know, where I never made it up to the upper levels. I never had pitchers enough control to, you know, yeah, to, to really be able to, to to paint the black or anything. Yeah. So it, it it's hard to it's, but it's still hard for me to imagine all those years of, you know, of me trying to bring my mitt into an area where I could maybe get a call uh, to go our way that's close, and I just I I honestly I mean I'm you know the I didn't catch as much as any pro did, but I, you know, I said it caught since I was seven and played basically, you know, until football started every year on on pretty good what ended up becoming kind of travel teams now. But I still right. – I don't think I ever got a call to really go my way. <laughs> I don't think at any yeah. one time, I, you know. It doesn't feel well, like we, it to me anyway. Yeah, well, we've talked to a lot of umpires, and, and we've seen a lot of that stuff. And, you know, it's it's – they can know you're doing it, but they have to make such a split decision that, you know, you hope that those ones where they don't know your glove is showing where it is. Yeah. You know? I've also thought that I've never caught anybody above 85 either. So yeah, the decision <laughs> yeah. might be quicker, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that's crossed my mind. <laughs> Cor- Corky, I wanted to ask you, uh, a lot of catchers in major league baseball. Now you can tell that the pitches are being called by the dugout. Is, what is the Reds' philosophy on that? Are are they allowing the catchers to call the game, or do they get the pitches yeah. from the manager? Uh, I I don't I, I've never heard of anybody getting the pitches from the manager or the coaching staff. Oh okay, because maybe that's my misunderstanding. Because I'll I'll watch a catcher look over into the dugout, yeah, and then call the pitch, and it's almost like he's getting the pitch. Yeah, a, a lot of time, a lot of times that's you know whether. They're giving him him clues or, or hints. If there's somebody on base, they're going to look in the dugout every time. 
you know, whether they're going to do a, a pitch out or a slide step or pick off or something like that. Okay. If there's nobody on base, sometimes you're looking for if, if he's got a tense bunt or, you know, as if, you know, he's a red or a yellow or whatever color you want to do. And, you know, you see a lot of guys that have those um, cheat sheets on their wrist, you know, which is telling the tendencies of the batter. You know, and yeah. maybe maybe there are some teams that are calling pitches, but uh, you know, most for most part of it, it is, you know, whether we're what we're doing in the running game, or if this guy's going to bunt, or if he's going to take, or you know, in, in some of those pieces. But you know, I, I don't know if anybody's been calling pitches in from the dugout. I mean, it, it would, it, it's going to probably go that way at some point, you know, but. Um, you know, the catcher's got a feel for the game. They got mm-hmm. a feel for the pitcher and what's working and what's not. So, you know, if he needs clues, I mean, I've, I've done it when I was playing, you know, and I'm just get lost. You look over and they got a one touch thing, but it wasn't every pitch. Okay. Paulie. Speaking of being in command of the game, which pitcher, now not the 31 or bus, was the most difficult to work with throughout your career? If you can think of anyone. Uh, Homer, Homer was was uh, was pretty tough to work with, but we had a good relationship. And you know, I just actually talked to him the other day um, through text, and you know, we, we we understood each other. But he was a guy that was kind of tough to work with sometimes, and you know, just because of his motivation and his drive to be really good for himself and the team that sometimes he didn't want help, but, you know, I, I learned to, you know, play cat and mouse with him and, you know, work, work pretty well with him. So, um, he was probably, he was probably the toughest guy that I've ever had to in the big leagues. And, you know, I don't know some of the guys in the minor leagues, probably nobody would know their name. (laughs) Do you have a favorite (laughs) former teammate you like to keep up with? Uh, yeah, well, you know, um, we we have a fantasy fo- a football league with with guys that um, were on our, our 1990 Rockford Reds team. Um, it was a high A team in in the Midwest League. With it was me, uh, Brandon Larson was playing third base. Gooky Dawkins was playing second or short. Um, Perez was playing second base, and we had Adam Dunn. Dwayne Wise and oh, Austin Kearns playing center wow. field. So, you know, we yes, got those ass. guys playing fantasy. <laughs> so we're always, we're always, uh, you know, we've been on the the same tri- chat uh, text stream for the last three years, and you know, it, it never stops. Man, if, <laughs> we if, love the Dunner around and, here. And if we Austin Kearns hadn't been sat on by Ray King, I whew. yeah. <laughs> Let me go change my pants after that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we, we ended up, it's a story that's actually been, been pretty hot with the kids these days, uh, past couple weeks. Just, I mean, we, we won 54 games in the first half, I think, I think we're an 18 or Man. something like that going in into the first half. And, you know, we clinched the playoffs with 14 games ago and, you know, it was, they they asked, well, how, you know this and that. I said, I don't, I, I don't, I remember one game, and that was a game we lost eighteen to two after uh, winning fourteen in a row. And uh, so that's so badass, though. 
Yeah, and, and don't remember any of the games. Just remember, uh, you know, you know, grilling out and in the pool and playing ball and playing cards at night. You know, just trying to get some of that back to these guys and and try to get them to to understand the camaraderie and and what minor league baseball is all about. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Go ahead, Bernie. Well, first thing, talking about fantasy football, I just got a text like two minutes ago that I have the number one pick in the draft, so I have no idea what I'm going to fucking do. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, and it's, it's only half point PPR, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking about Patty. But um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, well, first of all, if you and Kev were in the same play, people think you were brothers. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, maybe now. <laughs> Your just general demeanor is so similar. I'm just like, holy shit! I, yeah, I feel like awesome. I'm sitting here talking to Kev. I feel like I'm talking to like Major League Kev right now. I love it. No, but I have a question for you. So I uh, obviously we knew we were coming to do this tonight. And I have a few questions about your career, but my favorite one was you stole one base in your career and you were never caught stealing. Please tell me about the stolen base. <laughs> it was on Twitter. It was on Twitter actually a couple weeks. Ago. How did I miss it? Yeah, it, it was the anniversary of it. No, well, maybe it's coming up. It'll be coming up here in September. Um, yeah, we were in Philly, and uh, Brady Clark was batting. There was a third, and it was a squeeze play, and Omar Dahl was on the mound, and he, as soon as he picked up his leg, man, I, I took off, and he picked over first, and when he picked over to first, First baseman trying to throw it home, and I beat beat the throw home. So he stole home. So you stole you home. stole home is your only career stolen base. <laughs> yeah, that's why I told everybody I don't steal any more bases. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, that's better than I ever imagined. Yes. You'll you'll see it. Look for it on Twitter. It's on Twitter somewhere. Oh, we're definitely gonna look for that yeah, now. I'm, yeah, I'm sure the Red, I'm sure the Reds will tweet it, tweet it out. <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to give Corky a, a chance to talk about fantasy camp if I wanted to, just how much fun the guys have. Because I've tried to explain to them how much fun it is, not only for us campers, but for you guys too. Because y'all hang out with us all. Uh, yeah. I mean, I it's. I mean, you know, you know how it is. It's you. You get there, you you feel great the first day, and then after that. It just becomes a laugh fest for us coaches, so we can uh, laugh at all. They can't barely walk after <laughs> one day. Yeah, but you know, no, it's to me, it's it's one of the highlights of the year. And you know, Aaron Chamberlain, the way she puts it on and runs it, and Doug Flynn, our our commissioner, is is one of the best. And just the people out Absolutely. there is 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 phenomenally just a great time i mean it's a week full of laughs and fun and and i mean kevin you you know how i i do it i mean there's different personalities out there like you know way the way billy hatcher mm-hmm. takes it a serious him up at 5 a.m <laughs> yeah you know he's been scouting for three years on any losers on the team and you know i i try to pick as many losers as i can which well, is why he picked me. <laughs> yeah, that's why Kev was on our team. It's it's good to know I'd be on Corky's team. I would be yeah. on Corky's team too because <laughs> I suck. I mean, no, I really suck. I, I strike out. I would like to actually get coached how to catch for once by somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. I, I never really got coached for the shit. 
<laughs> well, we don't coach catching because I learned that from Farmer when he first came in. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, he's like, well, I'm going to catch too. I said, well, we can do that. We can work on it. And then when I went out there and saw what the catchers do, you, you don't really need to work on it. Yeah, you got, I, that's you got, what I'm worried about. I want to do the fantasy camp thing, but I, I want to be behind the plate because I just never really played that many other positions. Oh, there's, but there's I'm 45 years old and 50 openings. pounds overweight, and I'm like, oh, that's just going to be embarrassing. <laughs> so uh, I doubt it. No, he's I the average it. camper, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the average camper is overweight and 50 years old. Yeah, uh, well, we got 60 years old, 60 year old guys out there that you know are on one knee, and and actually they're just back there, to back there. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they're just putting their hand up for the umpire to put a ball in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah, I used to be able to hit second from my knees. I don't know if my arm can handle that anymore. <laughs> yeah, but nobody steals. You're not allowed to steal, anyways. Oh, oh there well, you, go. you can't. So you can't throw behind the runner either. Oh yeah, you can. Okay, <laughs> you can't. Burmy, go yeah, ahead. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's ninety. It's ninety feet. That's a long ways for some of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> It, um, I did nice, have a nice question. Part. Yeah, no, that was that was, good. That was quality. Um, one of the questions I had is, as I was scouring through baseball reference today, you played one game for the Red Sox. Was that at Fenway? Uh, no, that played was in Tampa. Went to Fenway, but uh, I I didn't play in a game. I would say that's unfortunate that you know you get to play in the AL East in the one stadium you actually get to go play in the Tampa. I'm sorry, unfortunate. Yeah. Um. <laughs> The one thing I was going to ask was, what was your favorite ballpark? You, I mean, obviously we can say Cincinnati, and that's great. But a visiting ballparks, what was your favorite ballpark you, you ever played in? Uh, you know, I grew up in L.A. or in California and, you know, watched the Dodgers growing up. So, you know, playing at Dodger Stadium was probably one of the, the better places that, that I just do nostalgia and through – my childhood that really loved to go. Same with Anaheim, but you know the grass at Dodger Stadium is unbelievable, and this the the whole atmosphere there is is pretty cool. Um, you know Fenway's got to be another one. Uh, I mean I, I didn't play in a game. Well, actually I played in a minor league game, but um, Fenway's just an, an awesome place to be. Um, but that's that's probably yeah Dodger Stadium's the one I always go to. Corky, I wanted to ask a question that, and feel free to skip if this is if this is uh, out there. But Uh-oh. what <laughs> I'm always uh, interested in uh, just hearing like like a really funny story, like like a clubhouse story that you know, when people when people say you know we can't tell this because it's not safe for work or for children, this podcast isn't safe for anybody. But uh, <laughs> do you have a story that you could tell without? embarrassing someone too bad uh, i'm sure i do I, <laughs> I just you know they're all floating around in my head now um you know i could tell i could tell the story that i've been telling these guys lately about you know that time and in, in, in with with adam and austin and brandon and gookie and you know some of those guys is you know we we I don't, again, I don't remember any of the games, but I remember we hung out all the time. Well, we, we clinched that the first half of, of the season with 14 games to go, and, you know, they roll in a couple kegs. One of them was Red Dog, 
you know, which nobody drinks Red Dog. And you know, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember Red Dog. I actually, I actually think I, I think I've had it before, and I'm only 27, so yeah. And you know, so so they had a they had a keg of Red Dog and a keg of like Bud Light or whatever. And of course, everybody's pounding the 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 Bud Light and throwing champagne, and all of a sudden the Red Dog was bad, and everybody's throwing that around. And it, the clubhouse was so small, but then we go outside, and and at during this time, I mean, it was, it was on your phone. You were never really on your phone. It wasn't smartphones. It was, you know, go outside and play a game of flip or play pepper or whatever. So we had the whole team go out and play flip. Well, you know, everybody kind of shedded off some of their uniforms. And, you know, you had some guys that were out there with no shirts on. And, you know, some guys that had changed into cutoffs and then some guys that just took everything off and so you know sitting out in the field playing flip with not a whole lot of clothes on <laughs> well erotic scene. yeah erotic scene yeah, yeah. i mean but sounds like was, a fucking hog show boys i tell you i tell you it was uh you know it was just us being comfortable with ourselves and being comfortable <laughs> with each other and you know, it was some of the funnest times that, that we look back and talk about, you know, and, and you tell the kids these, these days, they're like, what? <laughs> Obviously, they couldn't do it because of, you know, cell phones and stuff like that that would be around. But, yeah. you know, who's who's going to believe that a bunch of grown men are half naked outside playing flip at 12 o'clock? <laughs> it, it reminds me of my time in the service when uh, you've been deployed for a long time and you're holding the poncho over a buddy so he can uh, enjoy pictures that he just received in the mail <laughs> from his girlfriend or whatever. And he and, and, and the agreement is he you can borrow the pictures afterwards. You know, you got the camaraderie there. <laughs> oh, <Jeez. laughs> wow. God. Too far, Branch. And we just, we just learned more about Branch than we ever wanted to know. Thanks, Branch. That <laughs> yeah, took my story way past the real the real bonding of soldiers at war. <laughs> I don't know about soldiers uh, in the corps. Yeah, that's not uncommon. <laughs> Paul, Corky, we have. Well, did you, yeah, guys see, did you guys see the question from Jer? By the way, what was Jeremy's question? He wanted to know how Corky. I didn't mean to cut you off, Polly. How Corky picked his number. Uh, when you're a shit, shit bird like me, you don't get to pick it. <laughs> It's a uniform that's hanging up in your locker. And, I mean, it's pretty much everybody is. I mean, there's some guys that come in that want their number and they can get it. But, you know, it, whatever number was in my locker. I remember they changed my number to 22 for a year. Um, and I have no idea why. They, they said something about the number 22 sells better. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> And then they released me, so I don't think they cared that much about it. Lies. Lies. Polly, go ahead. Hey, here's the thing, Corky. Has, have you ever been involved in a brawl in baseball that still stands out in your mind? Uh, I missed I missed a big one that year uh, with that Rockford team. They, they had two days in a row. They had eight guys go to the hospital. You know, cops were on the field, and then they canceled the last game. But I, I watched Man. it. I, I missed. I missed it by a week. I got double A, and then um, 
we had another one that year in Beloit, Wisconsin, about, you know, a little guy hit a homer and pimped the, pimped the crap out of it. And then <laughs> next guy got hit. And one of the catchers that was on the bench got up and just barrel rolled the guy before he even got the first and started whacking him. <laughs> and the, the great thing about that was I got kicked out and the guy that tackled him went in to catch. <laughs> of course. So you did you have your your did you have your customary mustache back then? Uh, probably not. The Reds didn't have that come back oh, until oh, I yeah. think oh one I think maybe. So oh, man, so you weren't you missed the uh, Paul Wilson uh, car with Baral then I guess. Yeah, I wasn't there for that either. That, I mean that that's still hilarious to me, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Farnsworth just. Spear and Wilson, but anyway, uh, I wanted to ask a kind of serious question. Uh, a lot of Reds fans hear about Tyler Stevenson as the next big thing in terms of a catching prospect. Who who are some guys that you see as having a chance that maybe don't get the publicity that Tyler Stevenson gets as he was a first round pick? Uh, well, Chad Chadwick Trump, who I mean, was he, he had a surgery last year and went came back and started hitting really well and, and little he's a guy that's worked hard he's been with us for the last six years um he's a guy that it could be could be ready as a backup here next couple years um you got tyler who, who's progressing well as a high school catcher and uh, chris Oakey was a guy that we drafted the next year but he hasn't really done anything yet um he was a college guy, but you know, it's just it's he's been it's kind of slowed him down. Um, we got uh, Mark Colesbury, who was in Daytona for us this year, and he he turned around his framing numbers, unbelievable, and you know he can really block and he can really throw. So he's another guy that if he figures out stuff, he could be a guy that could be coming up in the next four or five years. Branch, you got another question? Uh, Polly. Corky, if you could, if your body could do it, would you still be playing? Yeah, I mean, I played I played last year for the week in the Bluegrass mm-hmm. World Series, and, you know, I felt good. And, you know, I – yeah. I mean, if I could still do it, I, I, I don't do what I've done, you know, the past – 17 years that I played is, you know, up and down and, mm-hmm. you know, going back and going, going back to Louisville and, 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 and I don't get me wrong. I loved it and it was all worth where I'm at today. But, you know, if, if I had a chance to be on a big league club all year and, and do that, yeah. I, I mean, obviously I would love to do that. Oh yeah. Burmy. So I have a stat for you, Corky, that I think make you laugh. I told it to Kev earlier. And I noticed when I was scouring through the statistics, you had a ridiculously good percentage of extra base hits out of your overall career hits. Yeah. So I don't know if you know this, but it was basically three out of every eight hits you had went for extra bases, nice. which is higher than Gary Sheffield, Mel Ott, Cal, and Cal Ripken Jr. So you had a higher percentage. Oh, and Eddie Murray. All four Ooh. of guys, you had a higher percentage of that. So yeah. I just wanted to share that with you. I thought that was kind of kind of cool. Well, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, who knows, right? 
Yeah, um, well, I think the last the last five or six hits I had were all doubles. So I, that was actually it was a precursor to a question. When you got called back up in 2013, was that like a nice like because you spent two years in the minors in between your previous call up? So were you like thrilled that you got to come up? Because I remember 2013 and I was like, holy shit, Corky's just doubling everywhere, all over the place now. So yeah, I remember a double when his family was at the park, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Was it the it was the it was the Oakland A's, right? You doubled on the right field line to bring in like three runs and I got streamed yeah. out of my internship for watching it on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, there th- those two years in, in eleven and twelve were, you know, pretty tough on me and my family and what I wanted to do. And there was times where I said I wasn't gonna play. You know, I wasn't gonna come back, I was gonna start coaching and um I just kept getting asked back and you know this going up in 13 and and getting that chance again was a pretty cool thing and you know I learned a lot about myself then where it was it doesn't matter I'm not trying to make a career anymore you know I'm trying to finish it and I feel like that alleviated a lot of pressure and a lot of in my mind or you know as far as hitting goes and you know, the pressure to hit enough to stay up there or, you know, and, and to be honest, there was a lot where I did hit well enough to be up there, but then as soon as I start to go not hit as well, the guy that I came up for that was injured is no longer injured. <laughs> so, you know, there was a lot of times where it didn't really matter, but 2013 was something where I was just like, you know what, if I'm but this is going to be my last year, I'm going to I'm just going to go out there and have fun and, and see what happens. And I ended up hitting well enough for them to talk me into coming back for 14, which I really didn't want to do that either. Maybe a little off topic, but uh, since you, you've been in the minors, the majors, how much do players pay attention to what's said in the media and or social media? Because sometimes you can tell a player has been listening to things, and then other times uh, a player will say, you know, I don't – I don't pay attention. I don't read any articles, don't listen to any radio. Uh, and you can believe them because they just generally seem like they're just focused and not worrying about what's on the outside. Do you, did you pay attention to the media or do you know of anybody who did or how does that well, yeah, affect them? There's a lot, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, especially now probably the past five, seven years where, you know, anywhere you look, that that's going to be there you know you can't really avoid it unless you have a flip phone like bronson arroyo you know there's just (laughs) you know you're not going to be able to avoid any of the criticisms and you know it's it's sometimes it's hard not to get on there and see what people are saying about you you know and some guys you know i don't know if they don't know what's going on but some guys are easily easily going hey you know that's fine that's your opinion i don't really care what you think and those are the guys that don't really pay attention to it but obviously they read some of it and then you got guys every day going in and checking twitter or or instagram or whatever or the news or you know to see what people are saying about them you know maybe that drives them i don't i don't know that wasn't me you know Burmy, you had another question yeah so i you know obviously we um hit on like your favorite stadium you know to play in the show and I would never ask about another major league team, but, you know, I've heard stories about guys in the minors 
and we have a kid that I went to school with that played minor league hockey for a little while, mostly in the ECHL, which is delay basically. What small town, like, you know, single A, double A, did, did you visit and you were like, if I never come back here again in my life, I'm totally fine with that? Uh, yeah, I don't really remember. I, I know I never played in Clinton. I've been to Clinton as a coach, Clinton, Iowa. And, you know, they, they, <laughs> their big thing there is is a dog food plant, which is right next to the roadkill processing plant. So it, it's an interesting <laughs> Yeah, that's that would <laughs> that be an interesting Well, that's smell. that's not that's not the heaven. That's not the heaven based Iowa out to be right there. No, no. But uh you know, in the club, you know, the funny thing is is I'm seeing more of these clubhouses now as like right now I'm in Burlington, North Carolina and you know, the field's great, but you know, you're walking down a a 2 foot cinder block hallway to get to the club uh the clubhouse or the dugout and you got 32 guys plus six coaches in a, in a room that's probably you know no bigger than than a hotel room and and it's just dirty and smells and you know th- these small town especially in this appy league i'm in is 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 like you know man i can't remember playing in any of these stadiums like this but we did i mean we played in Burlington, Iowa, we played Clinton, we played in, you know, uh, Cedar Rapids, places like that, that, you know, the fields are great and the, the fans and, and the intimacy, but, you know, when there's there's dirt and everywhere you look, it, it kind of gets depressing. I've always heard the Reds uh, affiliate in Billings. I, I've always heard it's a great place to go to a game. I've obviously never been out there. Uh, what is Billings like? Uh, you know, it's, it's an awesome place, man. Like when I, when I came up, I played there, but I played in the old stadium, you know, they had wooden, mm-hmm. uh, light poles and, you know, the beer deck down there. This is a huge stadium now, dealer park and nice clubhouse, great setup. The table, it's, you know, if no one's ever been to Montana, I mean, you have to go at some point. Fly, you know, fly fish on your day off. Uh, I, I did a couple times, I golfed Hell a couple yeah. times and, uh, you know, I, I, I try when I go up there, I, I've been trying to go to different places, you know, been to Missoula and, you know, that's floated down the river, Missoula and, um, uh, the great falls, um, and a lot of places that, you know, I try to try to hit up and see if I can remember being there cause I played there, but I, don't remember a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Barmy, go ahead. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, uh, Corky, what's the single nastiest pitch from one single pitcher you ever caught? Um, well, Jared Fernandez, knuckleball guy. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know if you ever caught a knuckler. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, that's that's the reason I signed, or Boston signed me after I got released. Yeah. Where Maribelli was in, in San Diego. And they knew that I caught Jared Fernandez before. Time I got over there a couple of days later, they ended up trading for Maribelli again. So, um, and then Wakefield got hurt, anyways. But yeah, yeah. He, the knuckleball was probably the toughest thing to catch. Um, besides that, you know, Don Smoltz's split finger was was really tough. Danny Graves sinker, 
you know, was was unbelievable. Uh, there, there's a, there's a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when they ended up going up there with Wakefield. Yeah, and, or was it Wakefield or who was it in Boston that he was catching? Well, oh, in those, those games, he just looked just beat to hell. Yeah. Gosh, uh, was it Wakefield that was still pitching the knuckle there? I'm not sure. Or was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he was, pitched into well sure into his forties, I think. Yeah, he was alarmed yeah. for a long time. But it's after Hannigan left the Reds, and that you'd see pictures of Hannigan after the game, and it's like, oh my God, ready to do a car wash. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Kev. Oh, Corky, I was just wanting to um, ask who was the who was the favorite pitcher that you caught? Yeah, uh, somebody that you were you were like best friends with or somebody who was your favorite because you guys thought the same or just fun to catch. You know, Danny, Danny was, was pretty fun to catch as a closer and, you know, as a starter as well. You know, I, I, I still tease him today that I was the only guy to catch a win for him as a starter (laughs) in in Wrigley. uh, Speaking of smelly stadiums. Yeah. Did you, did you you catch his complete game? Danny Graves, yeah, a complete game. Yeah, when he was a starter, I think he did. <laughs> so I guess no, not. I don't oh. think he did. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't. Even, I think he had one win as a starter, <laughs> and I don't think it would have been a complete game. Uh, he might have thrown a complete game, but lost. I don't. I doubt him too. Oh, this uh, is, this is he threw two complete games in two thousand three. Well, he's I, not Lissoberto Bonilla. I mean, he was four and fifteen, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, don't sorry, I didn't mean to. Internet cube. I, I, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Go ahead. No, that's that's fine. I I, I didn't know he threw a complete game. I didn't even think he got up to ninety pitches. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I love catching Danny. Um, I I really like catching Burley. I, I liked, I loved catching Bronson, you know, um, Tim Hudson was another guy that was fun. I mean, can do whatever you ask him to do, you know, had a game plan, but wasn't ever afraid to go off it. It was, it was, you know, there's a ton of guys. I guess one of the, one of the last questions I did have for you was obviously we talked about a myriad of extra base hits you had, not a big deal, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. What was was your first home run the most memorable one you hit, or was there another home run that you hit that I'm not aware of that was like a walk off or gave the team the lead late in the game or something like that? Um, you know, what was you know the thing you had? To, right? you know, what do you mean? Me. I I don't even know if if I was ever in a close game hitting <laughs> late in the game to do that. You know, it, it, would have, it was after the seventh <laughs> inning we were behind. I was not hitting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn, Ooh. I didn't. I didn't expect you to just shit on yourself. <laughs> no, uh... <laughs> Corky, you're the best. Oh my that God. was no. That was that was better than any answer you could have given. Yes. <laughs> God okay. damn it. I I know. Uh, I think you could probably find this out, but I think I had 11 homers, right? Correct. Correct. Yep. And I think I pro- I think I hit four or five Wrigley. Really? Yeah. And Would you I, say they were wind aided? No, they were they were bouncing <laughs> off the roof of the Budweiser sign. Fuck, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were playing. This is is we were playing 
John Lieber he had 19 wins, and you know we were we obviously we weren't that good, and you know we're like, well, we're we're not going to let him win. We're not going to let him win 20 against us. You know, just the little things. And I hit the first pitch he threw me. You know, on the the wavelength, and then the next at bat he he went. I forget. I don't know. I end up hitting another homer. So I hit home run, home run, and came up a third time against him. And I hit a ball probably feet foul, but over the foul pole. And they called it foul. And he threw me four straight cutters away and walked me and was just staring at me the whole time, you know. So <laughs> that was a feeling that I had. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a badass. And so then – Bob Boone being the guy he was, he let me play the next day, you know, told me, he's like, I want to make sure it wasn't a fluke. And <laughs> Terry Wood was pitching. So I think he struck out that day. I struck out three times against him, maybe on 12 pitches or something like that. But, you know, I was flying high for at least 12 hours, maybe 14 hours before I got to face Terry Wood again. A few Bud, few Bud Lights with that day. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So, th- so that means technically I did one thing that Corky did. What's that? I struck out against Kerry Wood in high school. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're exactly the same. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. That's literally my my only my only claim to athletic flame, flame fame is uh, I played against Jared Lorenzen in high school. Uh, he unfortunately just that, that was not the point of the story. Uh, I just brought everybody down. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Corky. I have one random question. Uh, how many bobbleheads of yourself do you have? Like multiple at all? Because I've been trying to find one for years now, and I can't find one, and sucks. I have, I have zero. Um, really? Yeah. I'm, you know, my boys have some. I, I mean, I guess you can. Right. You know, my dad has them. My mom have any. Uh, of my nice crusade. <laughs> yeah, I've done. I, I, you know, I, I, I look back and go, you know, I should have, should have done more of this collecting. I should have got more stuff. I should have done this. But I have a real good buddy back in California. Uh, his name's Chuck, and you know he does construction. So he, he, you know, helped me put in a patio. Helped me do this, and all he asked in return was for some baseball cards some bobbleheads some signed bats and gloves and you know uniforms and you know he's got a daughter and he's done having kids so he, you know he's like you know this is, is for your kids and you know it's it's pretty cool that he's got all that stuff i mean i got him a pair of underwear signed by brian mccann and you know josh <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> You know, right on the So, you know, it's, Hell yeah. I always, when people ask me, I always forget to mention that, you know, <laughs> I, I do have thousands and thousands of pieces of memorabilia, but my friend has them all until he dies. So, so speaking of that, pretty cool. what's the weirdest thing someone's ever asked you to sign? Asked me to sign uh, a baseball, I guess. No, I don't know. Um, Never had yeah, anybody like, hey, sign my ass or anything. <laughs> no, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no cleavage signings, Billy Madison style. 
Nah, you don't. That you know, that's all a myth. That shit doesn't happen. I mean, we can say it does, and we can we can hope it does. I guess maybe it <laughs> happens to cooler people than us. But um, no, you know, nothing really, nothing really uh, crazy. You know, I got uh, mankind to sign my kid's bottle once, uh, cactus jack, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> but yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. It probably happened to Adam Dunn. Yeah, I'm sure he'll tell the story that it did. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like anytime you and Adam Dunn were in the same place, it was just a bad day to be a beer. <laughs> yeah. He could, he could drink a beer now. <laughs> I, I, I had one last question. Uh, this year, uh, Kyle Farmer took two foul balls right off his mask, and Juan Gratterall also took a nasty shot off the mask, and both ended up with concussions. Uh did you ever get a concussion? And do you think is there anything that can be done with the mask to maybe help with, you know, uh, that a little bit more? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they've tried. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I won't go into that. But yeah, it I, just it just fucks it, Corky. It just fucking hurts. I I, I disagree. It's um, you know, I've I've been hit good a couple times. Yeah, but it's like free beer. You know, you don't yeah. you don't you don't really have to you don't have to drink three instead of ten. So it's <laughs> it's like free beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really you know, that's, that's the only time that's the only time you get to play the game when you're buzzed. I guess you know is yeah, when you yeah. get hit in the face. I yeah, I've had I've had a lot of them, <laughs> and I had a lot of them when I was a kid, and I had a lot of them coming through the minor leagues. I mean, I. I've gotten ran over so many times at home plate that, you know, you get up and you don't really know where you're at, but I wasn't in a position to take myself out. You know, I wasn't yeah. able to, you know, if I, sure. if, I took, if I took two, two days or two weeks off, then someone was going to come in and take my spot, you know? Well, and it, yeah. even in the last 10 years, a lot has changed. Uh, Cause I remember I, I, I mean, I only played football in high school, but we just called it getting your bell rung. And yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd either snap out of it or they'd have like a little smelling salt or something, and then you'd go right back in. Well, and, and I guess, you know, in 14, one of the last game training, I, I dove for a ball straight back, and I screwed up my shoulder, hit the, hit the ground so hard. Like, I got up, and I was like, wow, that was, some, you know, went to the trainer, and it's like, you know, I'm I'm buzzed, and he's like, "Huh, like normal?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I guess." But you know, they didn't really say anything to me. But they knew the kind of guy I was that I wasn't going to go and you know take myself out of the game. I remember getting hit in the head. Alex hit me in the side of the head with a bat. Yeah, on a that bat swing. When was that? I can't tell you the year. Um, Shit. It was with the Reds, and. Was he with the Chris Rangers Reed. or with the Yankees? Yeah, the Rangers. Okay. And he uh, he hit me in the side of the head with the bat, and it was kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I went out and talked to Chris Reedsman. I go, is my ear bleeding? He's like, yeah. I go, they're out. And he goes, on the outside. I said, I'm good. Well, I was leading off the next thing, got a base hit. Pitcher bunted me over. Next guy, base hit. Three pitches later, I'm scoring from second. And, like, I get done, and I'm – I'm not feeling great at all, but I hadn't played in two weeks. 
So uh, I, what am I going to take myself out right. after yeah. the third inning? And then I ended up getting yelled at after the game because everybody's on the bus. I was getting stitches, and everybody's like, what's taking you so long? I'm like, yeah, I got stitches. <laughs> and nobody, you know, and everybody ever even knew, you know. Yeah. But that's the way I, I played it. I, I mean, you know, maybe I miss some time. Maybe that's why I suck sometimes. And, you know, I guess we can blame it on concussion. I'll do it. <laughs> oh God! Wait, you so Corky, you you played football in high school, didn't you? Yeah, I, I actually who, had more offers to play football in in college than I did it in baseball. What position Same. did you play? Uh, I played played strong safety and receiver. Holy shit! We played the same positions. It's fantastic. Um, who, just exactly <laughs> that. Um, who, who was the better high school football player? You or Jr. House? Uh, I can tell you, I never saw Jr. play. Jr. House, he was actually kind of a legendary high school football player. Uh, he was quarterback, right? Yeah, Nitro High School in West Virginia. I just yeah, know that he, because, I, I mean, he, yeah, he used to be all over the news. But anyway, yeah. Well, that I takes me back to my one claim to fame in sports: is I actually had to play against Randy Moss when I was a sophomore in high school in football. Well, uh, <laughs> I actually. I actually played uh, in a in a California Hawaiian All Star game uh, after my senior year, where we uh, they picked a team from Southern California to go play Hawaii, and I had you know I had probably three D one, well I don't know about scholarships, but you know recruiting trips that they wanted me to go on, and I ended up going to JUCO to play baseball. What was your best football offer? Uh, I the I think it was Washington Huskies. Huskies. Wow. Yeah, they they came up as a, but they didn't want me to play baseball. Ah, uh, mm, uh, yeah. Still not a I, shitty offer though. That's, that's not a shitty offer. Pac-12. Yeah, and man. then that, actually, when I went to Reno after my sophomore year um, for baseball, like the the football coach just asked if I was Corky and I was from down there, and I said, yeah. And he goes, man, I. He goes, I wanted you to come up here and play football. You think you still want to play? And at the time, I was like, you know, no, because my coach hates me. I would play football. I'm not going to be out of play. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the Washington coach then? Was that Jim Neuheisel? <laughs> Who was my coach in A-ball? I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, didn't even, I didn't even play for the guy. That's important. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I was I was a different per. I mean, my senior year, I was one seventy five, like you know, maybe six foot, one hundred seventy five pounds, and you know, I, I was running four five forties. Wow! In that Hawaiian All Star, I was the fastest guy out there. Well, Corky, I, I don't want to take too much of your time. I, I first of all, I wanted to thank you for coming on our shitty podcast here. Uh, no, you got it, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Really insightful. Uh, Kevin, thanks for uh, hooking us up with Corky. No, thanks for, th- thanks for taking the time, man. Thank you. Oh, you got it. Thanks so much, Corky. And, you know, I, I don't know what your aspirations are in the future. If you're thinking about moving on to management or managing, but uh, to you. Best Thank wishes, you. Bob. Absolutely. You. And, uh, Absolutely. Uh, so... We I'll probably edit this probably tomorrow night, and then it'll be available uh, sometime tomorrow night. And uh, you care if I tag you in it so that uh, you can see it if you want to listen to it? 
Uh, no, I don't. I, whatever makes it easier for you guys. Alrighty. I probably won't listen to it, but maybe my family will. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> your your family be like, "This is you were talking to." Yeah. There's the intro. <laughs> I probably won't listen to it. Hey, welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not endorsed by Cookie. Yeah, no, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> oh, sports gallery. We for- oh, yeah, yeah. Cincy Sports Gallery is our sponsor. Go see Cali for all your Corky Miller memorabilia. Uh, do you ever do it? Do you ever do any kind of signings or anything when it's that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I did uh, one at March Place. What is that? Is that the sports gallery? Yeah. 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 I did one up there. Um, I, I went to the, I forget the other one, the green something. The museum type of? Yeah, the, uh, what's it called? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I forget who's, uh, who is it? I don't know if it's Goldie or somebody that has one up there mm-hmm. um, that I went to. But yeah, that's about it. So that means there's some Corky Miller memorabilia at the Cincy Sports Gallery. So everybody go out there, buy it up. Yeah. Or, <laughs> just, or just find me somewhere. I'll sign something for you. Sweet. Well, awesome. Corky, again, thank you very much for being on. Uh, have a good night. Uh, so for, for Corky Miller and Branch and Barmy and Polly and Kev, this is Coop saying we'll talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.